0: I'm Casey Lanko. and I'm Tim Johansson, and welcome to Psychology at Work. (music) Rocco wanted to create the same environment to get players to be the best versions of themselves. There's a lot of transparency in the clubhouse to where he's found a way to be over-communicative. That is the way he leans on his coaching staff. With Rocco, it's never about him. He arrives at the best possible conclusions for our team by talking to the pitching coach, the hitting coach, the strength and conditioning coach, the trainers, everyone. It creates a psychologically safe environment in which to share ideas. Wow. A psychologically safe environment. I have no idea where this came from.
1: Well, I sent it to you. Yeah, you texted it to me. <laughs> yes, I Who did. Is this? I thought it's awesome. It's from the chief baseball officer of the Minnesota Twins, my favorite baseball team. Sure, they're doing well. And he was talking about Rocco Baldelli, the manager of the Twins. New
0: manager, first season.
1: Yeah, and I thought I'd share this with you because I thought, my goodness, this is about baseball, mm-hmm. and they're talking about psychological safety. It's amazing. I think it's fascinating. I
0: actually, when you texted it to me, I like had
1: an emotional moment. Was it a good one? It was a very good one, kind of touching. Well,
0: psychological safety. Yeah. Should we just dive into it?
1: Well, I thought you could tell everyone what it is. I'll
0: try. Um, so, psychological safety. Um, I think the the original researcher. This was uh, mm-hmm. Amy Edmondson, a research psychologist from Harvard Business School. Anyway, she was researching. This is late '90s, I think, researching what are the elements that make effective teams? She did her original research in hospitals, and she was comparing, you know, on floors effective teams versus ineffective teams. Right, right. And what she found was that effective teams Mm -hmm. made more mistakes. Really? That was her initial
1: finding. So she found that the teams that were performing better Mm -hmm. on – Tangible metrics that that didn't have to do with their self-report. Right. The ones that maybe to tie it to the, hit the ball more often. Right. They also said that they made, like when they were asked, how many mistakes do you make? They actually self-reported making more mistakes than the teams teams that couldn't hit the ball as well. So she kind of scratched her head. Yeah.
0: Then took a deeper
1: dive. It really takes this notion of perfection and kind of turns it upside down, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's just it's or even success. I mean.
0: It's interesting,
1: but yeah. we can't stop there because that wasn't no. actually the core finding, right? So she was curious about because then she dug deeper, on. yeah,
0: and actually looked for confirmatory data. And what she actually found was the opposite. It was actually the less oh. effective teams actually, made a fair amount more mistakes.
1: But they said
0: they hid in the darkness. <laughs>
1: So just so I'm tracking you, the highly effective teams hit the ball more often in terms of tangible measures. They also said and admitted to more mistakes, but when they were measured and actually looked at their error rates, their error rates were smaller Yeah. than the less effective teams. Right.
0: So the teams with, with worse outcomes, when you actually looked at the data, they made a lot more mistakes. They
1: just didn't, talk they didn't about say, them. say that they made them. They were secret. Oh, why? So from this,
0: <laughs> this she coined this oh. term, Dr. Mm-hmm. Edmondson. Yeah. Oh, well, with these effective teams, they have what she called psychological safety. Psychological safety. Which means that they're comfortable talking about what they messed up. Yeah. So so mistakes aren't deep, dark secrets. Mistakes are not secrets. They're opportunities to learn, really, is at the core of psychological safety. And it's interesting because she has since... um, I think there's probably some anniversary of her initial findings. Probably, I suppose, it's been about 20 years. And Mm -hmm. so she kind of was making the rounds recently in some articles and on some other podcasts. She said she regrets calling it psychological safety. I can see that. Because people have twisted it. Yeah. Into... Oh kumbaya. you know, kumbaya stuff and that means sure. we're all holding hands mm-hmm. and giving hugs and making sure that everyone is comfortable. Yeah. And we can't, you know, give feedback. Right. And it's just the only objective right. then is to make sure that everyone feels good.
1: So, you know, one thing that kinda comes to mind now mm-hmm. is you hear it now with entrepreneurial mindset and all that and when one thing a buzzword now is fail forward. And fail fast. Yeah. And I think it's coming from a good place in that they're trying to say, let's learn from our mistakes and let's fail. And actually, Jeff Bezos just had an article that he put out, or a a couple of quotes in an article about if Amazon isn't making billion dollar size mistakes, they're not trying hard enough. They're not swinging for the fences. And I think he's got
0: it. Fail fast, fail often. Right, Right.
1: And fail forward. But why does that freak out so many people? Why does that freak them out? Failing. Yeah, or just being told, fail fast and go ahead and admit your mistakes. Why can't you just admit your mistakes and move forward? Well, I think we're not socialized to do that.
0: Right. And and there's lots of pieces, but...
1: It's not that easy to just turn that switch off.
0: What I wanted to make sure that we clarified, just to finish my thought, was... Mm-hmm what what she was has been very adamant about is that psychological safety isn't any of those things that it's right. been twisted into.
1: Right. Without psychological safety the real kind, you can't fail fast and fail forward. It's just not that easy. Right. You have to have those underlying conditions. Well, and
0: and what it really is, yeah. It's an environment where people can be candid. Yeah. And talk directly. Right. about their mistakes right. and then learn from them right. and give yeah. and receive feedback and don't have the feeling, because ah. that's what it comes down to, it's a feeling, it's a feeling. Yeah. that they
1: have to defend themselves. That's psychological safety. That's psychological safety. So psychological safety isn't no accountability. It no. Isn't, It isn't let's just all talk about our feelings all day long. Just to do it. It's actually an intentional practice of making it safe to say, I messed up mm-hmm. and this is what I learned from it. And the leader says, We're going to learn from this together. Is that right?
0: Yeah. And I think it, what's interesting as it relates to some of the stuff we do and talk about, it, it's really a necessary condition mm-hmm. for people to find their significance and purpose. Sure. Which maybe teaser, we can talk about a little bit later in the episode. But, sure. But it, it's really difficult to to find it and and and, and realize it mm-hmm. if there isn't an environment of psychological safety. And I think what what I'm kind of getting at here is some of the neuroscience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, this isn't and it it's supporting Dr. Edmondson's piece, which is this isn't about holding hands. Right. Right. This is how our brains work. Yep. Right. So if if we have to, and it's perception, if we perceive that we have to protect ourselves. Yep. Right. Perceive a threat, whether that's physically or psychologically. So, like, like mm-hmm. don't
1: blame me. Right. That's a protection. Yeah. Not my fault. Right.
0: I didn't do it. Maybe I did. Even it doesn't. Sam even matter, did it. Right. That's the thing with psychological protection. Right. It doesn't even ha- matter if it's rational or not. It's just right. happening. Yeah. Right? We're hardwired to put our walls up when we feel like our ego is getting attacked. Yeah. Whether it's real or not. Right. And what we know from from neuroscience is if we are spending energy on protecting
1: ourselves, Mm -hmm. we
0: cannot put energy into focus on what matters, which is being our best.
1: Yeah. Right. So we have a, a, a finite amount of psychological or cognitive energy. I love that phrase. Yeah. And we can put it into this bucket or this bucket. Mm-hmm. We can put it into per- self-protection or performing. Yeah. It, it kind
0: of... Learning and performing. It's probably a good opportunity to, to debunk the myth of multitasking. Oh, yes. Right.
1: It's not real, people. <laughs> can't do it. There are not multitaskers and linear thinkers. Yes. We're all linear brains. Don't put
0: multitasking on your resume. Because if anyone knows anything (laughs) about science, they know you're lying. Yes. You're not intentionally lying. No, no. Because we've been told for years that, you know, be a multitasker. But you talked about this before, that we can switch our attention from maybe one thing to another. Yeah. But we can't work on more than
1: one task. At one time. In a given moment. We can't be conscious of more than one thing. It's impossible. So people who might identify as multitaskers out there, we're not calling you liars. Right. (laughs) We (laughs) We like you, we care about you, we want you to be successful and find purpose. Which is why we're telling you this. Yes, and what you're actually able to do if you're a self-identified multitasker is you're able to switch more rapidly and get into a a zone where you can lock into what you're focusing on more quickly and you can detach from that focus and switch to another one more quickly. And it's so you're it's, a rapid detacher-attacher. Well, it's relevant to psychological right. safety. Yes. Because maybe to go back
0: to our our beloved Minnesota twins mm. and, and the the quote they're that so we, humble. He, oh, well, they're Minnesotans. I know. Well, not really, but some of them are. <laughs> um, but we they opened, all are at heart. <laughs> that's true. We opened the show with this quote. Um, about what Rocco is doing, the manager, and yeah. creating the psychological state, and I think it's important to play out why that matters, right? Right. And right. So yeah. In the context yes, yes, of yes. that, and and so imagine you, you're trying to hit a small spherical object, a baseball,
1: that's being chucked at
0: you, chucked at you about ninety miles an hour, and your energy is focused on. The error that you just made and your yeah. manager just screamed at you.
1: Oh, that's a good story. You can't do it. No, you can't. Even if you're really disciplined and you've learned, okay, you can distance yourself personally. Oh, he's just upset about that. Sure. It's not about me. That's still requiring cognitive energy to mm-hmm. to work through that in order to get to the spot where I need to go hit the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You had a... I didn't see this oh, game. Oh, this is so funny. Yeah. So... We were in the field and the ball got hit up the middle and the pitcher actually caught it off the ground, so he had to throw it over to first. But it was hit so fast that our first baseman was kind of tracking it and then he tracked it visually to where the second baseman was. Mm -hmm. And what's really funny is our second baseman kind of had a mental lapse. (laughs) (laughs) An episode. (laughs) He had an episode. But he picked up the ball or acted as if he were picking up the ball and scooped it and then made a throwing motion over to first base because he was just playing. Just
0: messing around. He was
1: messing around. And the pitcher had the ball in his hand. So the second baseman throws it over to Krohn, our first baseman, and the first baseman is watching all this happen, assumes that that the second baseman had the ball, so he tries to catch it (laughs) from the second baseman. That's a good fake. All the while, our pitcher is throwing the ball to him, and it almost hits him right in the face. <laughs> this is Major League Baseball, the best team in baseball. Right, flies over his head. The guy, the runner, gets all the way second base. We made it out of the inning. But what's super interesting about this, I think, yeah, there's a little article written about it, and they were wondering, you know, is the manager gonna drop the hammer on him? And and kind of set them straight. And, classically, and, that probably right. Happened. And say you got to take this more seriously. Right. How dare you? And almost, you know, acting as if they don't care, right? And and the truth is, our second baseman really does care, and he's really good. Of course, they're all really good, and they all really care. And our manager knows that, mm-hmm. and so our manager actually. Was asked about it, you know, what you do? Did you, did you drop the hammer on him? Did you punish him? And he said he he already knows that he made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and he said we had a good laugh about it because it was kind of funny to see. Wow. And he said, flush it. Let's go focus on the next right thing. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. it gives me goosebumps just yeah. that. It that. Just don't worry. Like, move on. Move on. Think of the, again,
0: you know, mm-hmm. we learn more and more about our brain every day. Oh, yeah. And think of even the neurological right. mechanisms of laughter. Oh, you releasing the endorphins and literally you said the word flushing out, mm-hmm. right? Um, th- those neurotransmitters that are mm-hmm. then and hormones that are creating that or maintaining that stress right. response.
1: Right. And I think the twisting wow. of of the psychological safety label. The twisting of it would get to well, see, he didn't hold him accountable. Yeah. Right? And actually, he did. Of course. He said... This happened. He said this happened. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's learned. not. To, he's probably not, not going to do, do that, that again. again. He doesn't need me to pile on. Right. And, and as a leader, it's about knowing did the person learn the message that they needed to learn.
0: Interesting that... Yeah.
1: Yeah, and trusting it. Yeah. In knowing what they need to hear in order to learn what they need to learn.
0: Just to to play it out again. So imagine, Mm -hmm. had had Rocco maybe take an approach of a of a more old school command and control manager and screamed at him, then he's up to bat the next inning, Mm -hmm. right? He's not going to be going through his head exactly.
1: And what's so important here is that psychological safety unlocks and enhances talent. Yeah. Allows it allows you to access it. It doesn't create talent. No. But it opens the door for talent to shine through. Yeah. So, and Rocco said this too, and the the reason the twins are being successful right now is, is because they have core talent. Of course. Not... Yeah. But the psychological safety piece is the is the it allows it to happen it allows it to happen yeah
0: and yes. and it, as we bring in significance and purpose right? right and i know everyone who's listening can what i mean we probably don't have a ton of professional baseball players listening
1: maybe one or two yet.
0: Huh? but yeah. um <laughs> but doesn't matter what your job is right this concept is necessary and and works so but if you're screamed at Right. It doesn't. You don't even have to be screamed at, really. I mean, no. it, it, there's lots of ways for psychological safety to not be happening other than just being screamed at. That gets to significance and purpose, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, had Rocco screamed at him, you know, even, you know, called him an idiot, whatever. I mean, we've seen examples of this. It's extreme, of course. But, mm-hmm. you know, what are you thinking? All that kind of stuff. we're we're hardwired to to immediately start to question, right? Well, Mm -hmm. do I even belong here? What's going to happen? Does Rocco want to get rid of me? You know, do I matter? All those questions of our significance and purpose immediately come to the surface. Yeah.
1: I think one of the phrases from the shame family... Mm -hmm. that comes up for me is when someone in power is in reaction mode Mm -hmm. in their own fear yes right right that's where it all comes from yeah their own fear one one shame family phrase is how could you do this to me (laughs) How, how could you have done this to me so if you've ever been asked that question by someone who has more power probably or anybody but how could you have done this to me? You know the feeling Ugh. that you get. Makes me feel right? gross. Just thinking. and if you've and if you've said it, if you've asked it, you know the feeling you've got. Yeah. And there is such a gap between the intentions that you're ascribing to that person and the intentions that they have. Mm-hmm. And shame shuts it down. The the dialogue. Mm-hmm. How could you do this to me? Mm-hmm. That's a little tangent. Well, but.
0: no, but we're kind of getting to the antithesis of psychological safety, the other side of it. Right. If I suppose and we can about it that way. Yeah, fear and shame fear. And, and letting that stuff be in
1: control. Right. If you've been asked the question, how could you do this to me? The message, the implicit message that you encode is... You create a, a set of messages around your own sense of significance and purpose, mm-hmm. and they're not—they're not their best.
0: Well, you think of think of someone saying to you implicitly, right. "You messed up on purpose." Oh, like, what? Right. There's very few people in the world who want to mess up on purpose. <laughs> Are there any? I don't know. Maybe somewhere, but. <laughs> hey. I don't think so. It's, I mean, that's that's
1: ridiculous, right? Right, and right. and and we encode that as as I don't belong, yeah, and, or and I don't matter, or did I, or maybe I mean, there's something wrong with me, right? And we carry all that stuff with us into the current work environment that we're in, Mm-hmm. into any context, and take it home probably, and we take it back home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. How do we get out <laughs> well so there is a way out
0: one thing we're, he, that i'm hearing is in really in in most ways it's primarily up to the people with the most
1: power in the setting they get to set the yeah. context yeah they get to set the tone mm-hmm. they also get to set the direction mm-hmm. and direction is really important for purpose yeah. Right, is what I'm doing aligned with where we're going, mm-hmm. right? So if you have power, you have the opportunity. The greatest to, opportunity. To set the context and the tone. Yeah. How you want it. Yep. And it's, you know, I think it's really important to
0: acknowledge. Uh, it's, 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 it's timely. We did a seminar last week with a group of, of folks who didn't really have a lot of power in the organization this was kind of you know um there was no leadership present
1: at even at the the thing we were at right we did right right Right. well you did it and you were fabulous yeah well (laughs) thank you
0: (laughs) give me a microphone and a stage and i'm on fire but um it's my my purpose and significance is easily found there but anyway you know we were talking about not specifically psychological safety, but but these ideas of, you know, how, being an effective team member and, right. you know, how you stay out of your own way. And it became pretty clear pretty quickly that, you know, yeah, that's all true. And we're getting screamed at every day.
1: Right. Actually, name called. Yeah. Is that a thing? Called names. Sure. I like both. You name called me. <laughs> it's a new thing. <laughs>
0: so when you are getting name called... <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and you don't have much power. There's a right. that can be really difficult. Well, because the process
1: when you're when your name called, <laughs> yes, the 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 right process, the mm-hmm. one that leads you out of it, is to own your feeling, yeah, and how you how that impacted you, mm-hmm. and not touch the other person's intention.
0: Don't join that cycle of right. reactive. And, so yep.
1: when when I heard the word. You doofus, come out of your mouth! To, I would do To me, my feelings were hurt. That is the most accurate statement I can say. Mm-hmm. As opposed to you called me a doofus on purpose to hurt my feelings. Right. That that gives you more ammo, yeah. or more data to argue with. Right. And if you've got the power. You get to decide to argue with that. Yep. And you don't have to own your part in it. Right. Right. And it's re- and the, the, the why that's so hard, I think. Yeah. Especially when you don't have the power. Right. Meek little me in this situation. Uh-huh. Is if I don't have the power, saying to someone who has the power, I'm hurt. Yeah. I'm hurt is a really scary thing. Right because what are they going to do next? I what are they, they going to do with that? No.
0: Yeah, and and particularly if it's someone who likes to abuse their power to begin with. I mean, it's Right. And, I
1: have a pretty good guess of what you're going to do next and it's going to be more hurt.
0: Round and round and round. Yeah. Right. And so I think and this is <laughs> what we shared with this group that, you know, of course, we'd love to connect with the leaders to help them with this, but you know what's really going on for people when they're coming at others, when when they're blaming others, when they're angry and they're yelling, name-calling, name-calling mm-hmm. name calling, calling name. What do you mm-hmm. call it?
1: Mm-hmm. Being name called. Was, yeah, name called. Name called. You're a name called shamer. It's insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. It's not confidence. No. It's not. It's not leadership. Right. It's. It's, Somebody asked you in that, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what about narcissists? Yeah, exactly. And you said, well, they have the least security sense of identity in the world. That's right. why they have to create a whole pathology around it. Right. And they were floored.
0: Yeah, ask a narcissist like two questions about themselves and the, the crumble. Right. and And the crumbling happens in the form of, usually attacking others to De- decompensate though yeah. yeah yeah we're kind of getting to that piece of what gets in our way right of of creating an environment that is mm-hmm. psychologically safe well it's our fear it's our fear and our insecurities right and and so that's one side of the fence we'll have a lot of episodes on that mm-hmm. stuff and how to, how to work on that and and that's that's a piece in itself Half the battle though is just recognizing I'm I'm having the urge to get defensive and blame right. someone else because I'm really scared.
1: And hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scared, I'm hurt, I'm afraid.
0: And so acknowledging that for yourself makes it less likely that you'll actually throw that at
1: other people. Right. So that what you're saying, if I'm listening, that's always step one, no matter what your role is. Always. Always. Why am I so
0: angry right now? And yep. What we know, anger is always a secondary emotion, Mm -hmm. usually undergirded by fear. Mm -hmm. There. We've said it.
1: We'll say it again. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And I have yet to find a time when it hasn't been.
0: Right. If you really examine the moment when you're angry and if you're really willing to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, what am I scared of?" of right now? you'll find the answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's interesting about that, we're getting a little off here, but it's all related to psychological safety. While the impulse is, well, this is a little scary maybe to explore myself on that level. It actually is how
1: you get control. Right. Because there's one thing I can control. Yeah. Me.
0: That's it. That is absolutely it. And if I'm not aware... I'm actually being controlled by my fear. Right. And so I'm actually not in control at all, right? It's spilling out all this anger Mm -hmm. and blame and shame onto everybody else. But if I can just take a few seconds and look inside and go, I'm angry. What am I so scared about right now? Oh, yeah, that I'm not going to get the acknowledgement I think I need
1: Mm -hmm. as an example. Right. Or that someone's going to hurt my feelings again. Right. Or that I'm not going to be able to provide for the things or people that I feel I need to be able to provide for.
0: So I can do right. that over here in whatever way I need to, and I can get back to right. focusing on what? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The so you've kind of laid out this idea <laughs> mm-hmm. that the more power, the higher up somebody goes in an organization, right? The more power someone has, the more of an impact that they will have Without question. In either direction. Yeah. But the more insecure they are, yeah, the more the, the more difficult it's gonna be to create a context and an environment that's that's intentional around learning from our mistakes. Yeah. Around learning around growing. Yeah. And we might even be trying to, to, to say the right things. Right. But but it's it's really tied to my sense of identity and security. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and we 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 have a whole – we do a seminar called the Mindset Seminar, mm-hmm. which is all about knowing your mindset, mm-hmm. and there's a right mindset and a wrong mindset. Right. It's, very that's a lot, lot right for us to say as psychologists. <laughs> we love the gray area, right? Yeah. Likely, probably, maybe, our favorite words, but there's a right mindset and a wrong mindset, mm-hmm. and and meaning – Am, is my stuff getting in my way? Mm-hmm. Am I throwing my stuff at everybody else? Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yes. So we've we've spent a good chunk here talking about what kind of gets in the way of yeah. psychological right. safety or, or, or for a leader in particular to provide it because that's really – I think we would say that – perhaps a core function of a leader in any setting is to create an environment that's psychologically safe. Cause yeah. if you're doing that, you're allowing people, like you said, the talent, uh, the talent to come through.
1: Right. Yeah. Often we will misinterpret somebody who has been feeling not psychologically safe mm-hmm. with someone who doesn't have talent. Yeah. And we do that a lot. Hard to know what's going on. And the less secure I am as a leader, the more likely I am to create an unsafe environment whereby people's talent isn't shining through. And then I can, because I have the power, say, well, you're not doing your job. Yeah, or you don't care. You don't care or you don't have the talent (sighs) or you don't have the skill. Yeah, And it's an... It, that's why having power is so so much of a big deal to pay attention to. It's a huge to. responsibility. Because I get to fire somebody. Right. And have I really given them the, the best chance mm-hmm. to let the best version of themselves come through? Yep. And I can't do that if I'm in my own way. Yep. If I'm in my own fear. If I'm in my own insecurity, mm-hmm. if I'm making it about me, mm-hmm. and one really prominent clue as to whether I'm in that mindset or not is how frustrated I am. Mm-hmm. If I am frustrated, yeah, I am not in the place where I'm able to help them. Yep. I'm not in the place where I can make it safe. It's impossible. I can't let them be their best.
0: Nope. Going back to the quote, with Rocco, it's never, never. about him.
1: Right. His
0: frustration.
1: He works that out somewhere else. And he says, why am I frustrated? What's going on? Yeah. He's like a god to us. (laughs) (laughs) I I just really like the twins. But, But I think you were asking a question as a leader, what... Well, what what do I do? We've talked okay. about
0: my favorite right. sp- side of the fence, which is what how do we, what gets in the way, right? Because I, I truly think we have to know that before we can get on the other side. Which is, how, what do we actually do then?
1: Yeah, so we've gone into the swamp and figured out all the messy stuff, <laughs> yes. but but humans aren't meant to live there. No, we're not. We're meant to go there and figure out what we need to so we can get out of there. And when we get out of there, what we want to do as leaders is is I say three letters. It's an acronym. V-A-R. VAR. 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 Right. Not a pirate. (laughs) Okay. That's a DAR. V-A-R. VAR. V-A-R. Validation. Okay. Acknowledgement. Reassurance. Mm -hmm. Those matter. These are about implicit and explicit messages. Okay. So anything, anytime you're setting direction or telling someone what to do or clarifying or communicating, the underlying... Message you want to be communicating. Validation, acknowledgement, and and reassurance. Validation Mm -hmm. is simple. The person I'm communicating with, that person matters as a person. Ah, significance. Yes. And I have to see them that way. Yep. And underneath of that or part of that is you belong here. You have a place here. Mm -hmm. We value you Mm -hmm. Okay, for who you are. If we stop there, it's not enough.
0: And it's a constant message to send Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if people don't feel that, it's really hard to talk openly about your mistakes.
1: You cannot say that enough. Yep. And you cannot communicate from that place enough. Yep. And again, it's not the end of the story. The next one, acknowledgement. Okay. What you're doing matters.
0: (gasps) Sounds like purpose. It
1: does. (laughs) How do I give someone, how do I help somebody find their significance? Validation Yeah As a leader How do I help someone Find their purpose Acknowledgement Yeah Acknowledgement is all about Positive reinforcement What you just did That worked Great job Do it again Thank you Good That's the kind of feedback Mm-hmm What you just did there That worked Do it again Mm-hmm Thank you Again you can't give enough acknowledgment And that's not saying Don't provide correction Correction's a different thing Mm-hmm But when you have an opportunity for acknowledgement, take it.
0: So that's VA. VA. And then there's
1: R. R. Reassurance. Okay. Reassurance is communicating the message. What you're doing is part of the plan of where we're going. People need a roadmap. They need a roadmap. Yeah. And you can have a highly agile company yeah. That's willing to pivot. It's another and, buzzword. And sits at the ready to be responsive to the marketplace. Yes. And I would propose that those organizations need the R the most. Mm-hmm. But you need the R the most because what you, we have a plan here, and it's to respond to the demands or needs of the customer. Yeah. So we have to stay here at the ready. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to do when we respond? Is going to be really important as part of the roadmap, right? Yeah. So re- reassurance is what you're doing is part of the plan. Var, var. I like it. It's it's
0: pretty practical, actually. Um, amazingly, a, another amazingly practical suggestion. The most practical thing everyone can do right now is follow us on all the socials. Psychology at work organization's name is care profile you can also follow us at care profile or at facebook twitter instagram all the things we want to hear from you we want to hear your questions comments we'll certainly incorporate them into the show um we want to have a dialogue with you so please share with us what comes up for you our favorite question it's mm. coming up for you as you're listening um in any social media platform that that you prefer to communicate with us also um please take a few moments to write a review on the platform you're listening on that helps people find us and of course yes you haven't lived a week unless you've invited at least one of your friends to subscribe to psychology at work thanks for listening talk to you drive safe